Welcome to Pastor's Class, a Bible study program brought to you by Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church. We pray this podcast will help enrich and strengthen your walk with Jesus Christ, and that it will lead you to read and study the scriptures more often. For more information about Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. Amen. Amen. We serve an amazing God. And I, I just think it's so important as we come to Bible study um, week after week that we don't get so caught up in the, the routine of us just being in church that every time we walk inside the doors of this sanctuary or any house of God, whether it's on a Sunday, it's on a Wednesday, on a Friday, that it's an opportunity for God to show himself in a way that he's never shown himself before. But we've got to kind of come with that kind of expectation. God, say something to me. God, let me hear you fresh, God, tonight. And so that is indeed our prayer. We're going to pick up uh, where we left off last week as we conclude um, this series on Gibeah, the test of early promotion, um, the second season in the life of David, and our, the third part of the second season. Um, as always, we take a few minutes to briefly review uh, what God shared with us on last week. And so uh, last week we talked about that in this season that it's important to remember the lessons of Bethlehem. And the, the, what we focused on in that is that when God, even though we talked about how seasons are seasonal, in other words, they come, they go, they're here, they're there, it doesn't mean that the lessons that you learn go with the season. That if you, God has taken time to implant something in you in a particular season, whether it was a good season, whether it was a rough season, a flourishing season, then lessons learned in that season are for life. You need to take them to the next season. And so we learned that and we saw that in David, that when he was in Bethlehem and he was being faithful in small things and he was a shepherd and he was out in the pasture alone and he had to contend with so much, he learned faithfulness, he learned humility, he learned service, he learned to trust and depend on God, he learned to hear God's voice. He couldn't forget all of those things now that he was in Gibeah. All of those lessons learned in his season of solitude now had to translate and transfer to his season of promotion. We also learned, and we already learned this before we taught it last week, that lessons unlearned cause seasons to repeat. You, they just, if you haven't learned the lesson, it's just like school. You know, if you give somebody, you, you take a quiz, a test, you get a, back when I went to school, they call it, it was an F. Now they call it E's. Um, but when you didn't pass, when you failed, they didn't say, oh, okay, well, and then they gave you something else. It was some type of remediation that had to go on because this was something that you had to know. So they, you may have to stay at the school, take a retest, get a tutor, whatever it was. It's the same thing in the kingdom. God said, there are things that you have to have in this life to be successful. So we're going to just keep going over this till you got them down. Um, and before I go into continuing this review, I'm going I'm to stop right here just for a minute. And it really, when I was thinking about this, I was, I was driving home, and um, this, this whole idea of seasons was really was in my, it, just, it was just stuck in me. Um, because it's, it's the story of my life. <laughs> you know, we're in seasons. And sometimes after I teach, it's really hard for me to go to sleep. Because I'm still trying to, I'm, it's, it's, I was just, and I was having one of those, and I was just, 
in a moment and God was just still really speaking. And one of the things that God was saying to me is the reality that we know seasons come and they go and they change. But I said, God, I never want to be in a season longer than I have to be. And I think sometimes we can blame God on things that we are not doing that are keeping us in a winter season longer than we need to be there. And so then I'm, I'm like, okay, so how do I know that, you know, this is not providence and this is, you know, not me being lazy or, you know, and I was going through all these changes. And I think sometimes we go through those changes. I'm, 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 I know I'm processing this with you. So I'm not in this winter season longer uh, than I need to be. And, and the reason we know that that's possible, because Paul even says it in Ephesians 4, he said, no prolonged emphases among us, please. In other words, you cannot forever be on milk. Not forever. You can't. And he, it's like he's saying, please. He's like, we got work to do for the kingdom. There's a world dying. There's people that need to hear the message, that need to hear the gospel, that need to hear redemption. And I'm still feeding you all milk. He said, it's, too, you know, it's time to stop being a baby. And so this was my, my prayer. I said, um, and look at Hebrews before I get to that. Get Hebrews chapter 5. And you don't have to turn to it. But he says, by this time, you ought to be teachers yourselves. In other words, your season of, of being a student, not that we're not always that. He said, I need you to be teaching. I need you to be, I need you to be taking somebody under your arm at this point. But yet I'm still carrying you around. He says, yet here I find you need someone, Hebrews 5, 12 through 14, to sit down with you and go over the basics of God again. Starting from square one, baby's milk, when you should have been on solid food a long time ago. In other words, you've been in a season for too long. Just too long. I mean, you're praising God, you're being faithful, you're in your word, you're studying, but God said, you've been here too long. He said, there's time. And, and, and so this was the prayer. I wrote it in my journal, and so I copied it tonight because this was the best way to know whether you've been in a season too long. I said, God, if there's anything I'm doing, not doing, thinking, not thinking, declaring, not declaring, believing, not believing, that is prolonging this winter season, reveal it, remove it, correct it, and I'll flee from it. God, I am open to your correction, open to your direction, so that I may not stay in any season longer than necessary. Let me grow and then let me go on. That covered it. I said, God, because sometimes we can make excuses and God is saying, no, the season is over, but there's some correction that needs to take place in your world. And until you correct the wrong, you're going to stay longer than you need to. Israel never had to stay there for 40 years. It was a result of their choices and their disobedience. And so can we just right now, right where you are, can we just in the name of Jesus right now, Lord God, we just come right now in this moment, God, 
You know every individual, Lord God, that's in this sanctuary, Lord God. God, you know their beginning, you know their end, you know their destiny, you know, you know everything that you've planned for their life, Lord God. And if there's anything, Lord God, that we are doing, Lord God, or not doing, saying or not saying, feeling or not feeling, Lord God, that's hindering where you're trying to take us, Lord God, show us in your word, Lord God, show us through people, God, reveal it to us through your spirit, Lord God, so that we don't have to stay any place long than your spirit needs us to. Lord God, help us grow, help us get out of it what we need to get out of it, and help us move on. God, we don't want to be stuck, Lord God, where you do not want us if you have called us to move on. So God, we pray right now that even as we leave this place and we go throughout our day, that we will continue to pray that prayer. Show me, God. Teach me, God. Correct me, God. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but show me so that I can make it right. So, God, we just thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's one thing to not know. And then there's another thing to know it and then just not do it. Remember that story I told you about my son last week, for those of you who were here? Bless his heart. You know, he, he had a tablet. He has a tablet. And he wanted to clean it because it was dirty. And he washed it, like for real. Washed water, squeezed the washcloth. Yeah, that's what we said too. And it was messed up. Now here's the thing. Do you think I fussed at him? You know why? Because he honestly didn't know. He didn't know. I wasn't even upset. He honestly did not know. Now. Kids cry all the time for whatever reason. Nine times out of ten, nothing's wrong. I've learned that. I don't even go, I don't even look. I don't even look. I just keep doing what I'm doing. But there was a look in his face when he realized what he had done. He didn't cry. His eyes just filled with water. And it was that, like, I can't believe I just, it was, and God said, that's the godly sorrow that I'm looking for from my people. And he honestly, he just was like, oh my, my God. He's like, I messed up my favorite. I mean, it was just like, and just like God does with us, I said, it's got a warranty on it. I said, you can get another one. And he didn't know what warranty meant, honestly, of course. <laughs> but he understood, I can get another one. <laughs> And God is saying, when you are doing things, and he said, I, my grace gives you another chance. He said, my grace, he said, when you really don't know, he said, that's what my grace is for. When you just really don't, but then the problem comes in when we do know. Now, if he does it again, it's a different story. You get what I'm saying? And God is saying, I, I don't want to keep. He said, I, when you're really sorry, he said, we can move on. My grace kicks in. He said, but I really want to, to see that this is just, you really did not know. But when you have an opportunity to know, now you learn and you grow from it. We don't want to stay here any longer than we need to. Continuing the review. The, last, the next part of that, let the God who promoted you continue to be your aim. We mentioned how David's aim was never to become a mighty warrior and rich as famous. That was never his, his whole aim was he didn't want God to look bad. And if it means I got to kill a giant, then I'm going to kill a giant. But you're not going to tell me 
that, that you're not going to let my God look bad. That that's got to be our aim no matter what. Not our own glory, but God's glory. God's glory. The other thing is the same dependency on God that got you there to this season of promotion, that's the same thing that's going to have to keep you here in this season. That same dependency. Again, David, he was like, I don't, I don't know this shield. I don't, I don't know these weapons. I don't know these tools. What I do know is God's faithfulness, so I'll rely on that. And that's what we're going to have to rely on. Even when in seasons of promotions we have things at our disposal that we've never had before, resources, reputation, people under us, all those kind of things, but God said, still allow me to be your source. Now, as we move into the final two points of this series, and we're going to in a few minutes early because we have two wonderful people to receive water baptism tonight. Amen. amen. So, amen. And we're definitely going to take time to, to honor God in that. But there's two last things that I believe that, that happened to us in this season of early promotion. And number, the, the next point, I think it's number five, is that you will experience transformation in this season. You will experience transformation in the season. Let's look again at 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, we're going to start around verse 55. Now, just to give you the background, at this point, David has killed Goliath. He's, they've had the whole argument, whatever. He's gone. Um, now, look at verse 55. It says, when Saul saw David go out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Tell me about this young man's family. Abner said, for the life of me, O king, I don't know. The king said, well, find out the lineage of this raw youth. As soon as David came back from killing the Philistine, Abner brought him the Philistine's head still in his hand straight to Saul. Saul asked him, young man, whose son are you? He says, I'm the son of your servant Jesse, said David, the one who lives in Bethlehem. Now, this should seem a little strange, okay? Why does Saul not know David? Okay, remember, prior to this, David was his armor bearer. He played the harp for him every day. <laughs> he worked in his, in his house. <laughs> and so he's like, who is this? And now there's a couple things that could happen. Remember, Saul went too well at this point. First and foremost, that's the reality of it. He, remember, that's why David was playing a harp from because he would have these fits of rage and craziness, and he would be out of his mind, and the heart would soothe him. So that could be one of the reasons that he just was having one of his, his moments of, of not being too well, okay? The other thing could be that Sometimes we have to understand in the reading of the context of scripture, and I see this all the time, is that stories that took 40 years, 20 years, say, happens in two pages, okay? And so we think, you know, he started playing the harp on Tuesday, and by Friday he was in the field with Goliath, okay? It doesn't quite work that way. So it could be that a season had passed, and he had begun to grow and mature, and he looked very different than when he, he first started. And you all, we, it happens here at church. We see kids one Sunday, they this tall, next Sunday, they, you know, it happens. They just, they're continuing to change and grow. So it could have been that. Or 
I really believe that there's a message for us which can happen to us in the season of early trans, of, of early promotion in that test. And that is that God really does change us to the point that we're unrecognizable. Not just the change, not just the surface change, like you got a new hair or you lost some weight or you got new glasses, not that kind of change. I mean a change from the inside out. That I believe that in this season, God transforms us. He changes us. Something happens to us. We no longer see things the way that we used to see them, that we no longer approach problems the way that we used to because we've seen so much of God and seen so much of his favor and seen so much of his protection. How dare we still look and be the same? How dare we still talk and pray the same? How dare we still let people affect us the same after all God has allowed us to go through? I mean, it's literally, how do you do? He said, I let you go through that for a reason. I bought you out of a pit. I bought you out of sight, and I placed you in a palace. You should not only look different on the outside, everything about you should be different. Because at one time, I wasn't really sure if God was for me. I didn't really sure if he had plans for my life. But now you're standing in the midst of his plan for your life. Guess what? You should look different. Your prayers should be different. Your press should be different. It really should. And that's what the Bible tells us. Turn quickly to Romans. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Seasons should change us, transform us. And that's how you know God is getting ready. When you, you can feel, I mean, I, I, this is an embarrassing story on my part, but it showed a change. I used to get upset about everything. I mean, just the littlest things, because I like, I, I plan stuff, I like to have stuff in order, and when it doesn't go my way, it would really frustrate me. And I remember last year at my son's birthday party, and we, people that were, that were there witnessed it. So we had everything planned. I mean, the first thing that happened, his birthday's in March, it snowed the day before his outdoor party. That already freaked me out, okay? Late snow. So I was like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? We got to, but God, next day was beautiful 70 degrees, so we were fine. So I was like, thank you, God. So we get there, we go to the party, and the place that we had planned to have lunch was booked. Normally, and then this was the thing that made it so bad. My husband had gone over there, and he literally said, he said, when I had to call you to tell you that they didn't have a table, he said, I just, he said, I had to, <laughs> he said, I'm just saying, I had to really pray because I knew you were going to up, be upset. And so he told me, and I said, it's okay. He said, really? I said, it's okay. And he said, hello? You know, it's like, hello? You know, like, and he says, my wife? And I'm telling you, but something had changed in me. And God has shown me, he said, when I say all things work together, he said, I mean, all things work together. So I'm sitting here, and this was, this was mine, and them kids could have cared less. They were still running around the golf course. They didn't care. It was me. He said, all things. And God is trying to see, he said, I'm in every detail of your life. 
even in this little insignificant thing, he said, I want you to see how I'm going to work this thing out. And it wasn't so much how it worked out, which it did. The growth came in me. And he came, when he came back over, he said, you, he said, I'm really surprised. He said, you didn't get upset. I said, I really didn't. And it showed growth because I had seen God work in my life before. You get what I'm saying? I had seen big things blow up and yet God still working together for my good. And so now here was an opportunity to show him, yep, I've really grown. I've really grown. I've really, a transformation has taken place in my life and in my heart. God said, that's what I'm looking for. If things that upset you this year are the same things that made you upset last year, God said, there's some things that I need to change in your way. Because as long as the same things keep getting you to the point where you have to repent or you have to, it gets you unsettled, God said, then there's something in this season that I still need to work out of you. That's it. It, it really is. He's like, he's like, it's not that I'm trying to keep, he said, but I love you too much. He said, I love you too much that gives you something to put you in a place because the, the season after this, let me tell you something. The season after this one is the cave of difficulty. And if you don't learn this stuff when you're in promotion, trust me, you're not going to survive the cave of difficulty. If you can't learn that God has got you when you're in a season of promotion, you're not going to survive the cave of dif difficulty. And so he said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep pressing your way. Look at this, Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You renew your mind in the word of God. You renew your mind by allowing yourself to see God in every detail of your life. If I've not learned anything in the last, I think, three, that's, I, I'm used to expecting God in the big things, in the new job, in the new house, in the new promotion. But God said, I want you to see me in everything, even when the line is too long in the grocery store. If you take a moment, he said, you'll see me. Maybe I just needed you to slow down for a minute. He said, see me in everything. He said, that's where your peace is going to come from. When people disappoint you and they hurt your feelings, he said, see me in that. He said, because that's when you begin to, to realize that I am in charge of the whole of your life. Romans 12, 1 and 2 from the message. I love it. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed. Look at somebody and say, changed. You will be changed. You will be changed from the inside out. God said, I'm doing something on the inside. It was a song we used to sing in my church, working on something on the inside, working on the outside, 
brought about a change in my life? That's a good song. Something on the inside. God's correcting power, God's transforming power, working on the inside, brought about a change in my attitude. What about a change in the way that I speak to my neighbors and I deal with people who we don't always see eye to eye? Transformation in everyday life. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognizes, recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well for maturity in you. Transformation. Second Corinthians chapter 3 speaks of the same thing. And it talks about how Paul is trying to get them to see and help these Christians understand and learn that, that, that this is different. That we don't have to, there's no veil. That we don't have to go to anybody. We have direct access to the Father through Jesus Christ. And they still didn't get that. And so he was like, you got to, he said, we have direct access to the Father. And so he says to them in verse 16, it says, but whenever a person turns to the Lord, in other words, you've repented, you've turned away from that life. He said, the veil is taken away. The veil is taken away. You can see. Now the Lord is the spirit and with the spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory to glory. Just as from the Lord, just as from the Lord, the spirit. The Bible says we should be going from glory to glory to glory to glory. In other words, we, the life of, of, of a believer, we should never be in maintenance mode. We should never be in maintenance mode. God, where are you trying to take me? God, what are you trying to show me in this season? And that's something I, I think that, that we have to all learn, that even in these seasons where things, when the bills are paid and the, the marriage is good, job is good, God, what are, you what are you doing? When we're hurting, that's when we ask those questions. We don't ask those questions in, in, in this promotion. We don't want this promotion season to end. We want this to keep, you know, we, we, we like, everybody wants to be on the mountain. But God said, but I'm teaching you something there, but it's preparing you for the next season. It's preparing you for, for the cave of difficulty because it's next. Look at it in the message. Whenever, though, they turn to face God as Moses said, God removes the veil. And there they are face to face. Listen to this. They suddenly recognize that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. One of the things that I pray so often for our young people, especially our young people and my kids, your kids that grow up in church, that they get to know God for themselves. That I don't want my sons to, to love my God. I want them to love their God. I really do, because right now it's easy. You know, they, they, they shout, they praise, because they, that's, that's what they see us do. But as they grow and as they mature in the Lord, I, especially with my teenager, I say, I want you to know God for yourself. Oh, I do, I do, I do, I do. You know, he's, you know, but I said, no, I really want you to know him for yourself. 
Because the time is going to come when we're not going to be there. And that that intimate personal relationship is what's going to hold them and keep them. And so sometimes, even those of us, we may have grown up in church and been in church for a long time. We, we just, we know to read the Bible. We know to do scripture. But God hasn't become alive to us yet. And if that's who you are, God said, I'm alive. He said, I'm breathing, I'm moving, I'm doing stuff. I'm not just the God of old. I am the God of your moment right now. And then if you would just allow, let, the veil has been lifted. Open your eyes and your heart to see me like you've never seen me before. And sometimes we begin to see God and it can be like a little nerve wracking. But God said, I want you to know that I'm living and breathing. I'm not just in a church, in a pew. That I'm with you in the car. I'm with you in your quiet moments. I'm with you when you are laughing and cracking up so hard that tears start rolling down your face. He said, I just want you to know how real I am. So it's, it's every, and, the re, and, I, and we can only go to God with things that we think are deep and spiritual. He said, you're missing it. I am convinced God has a sense of humor. I am 100% convinced. Because look at how he made us. I mean, he did. You know, and sometimes we just, God said, just get to know me. Is that always deep and lovely? Just get to know me. Tell me what's on your heart. I remember, and I promise you, I was praying one morning, and I, and I, you know how you pray something? And God said, you know I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I promise you, I felt that's what he said. He said, now you know good well I'm not going to. I said, I know, but I just thought, you have not because you have <laughs> And I moved on. Move on next. Now, I wasn't being sacrilegious. That's just the relationship we have. He said, I said, I know, but you know, I thought I'd give it a try. You know? But God said, I just want you to know how real I am. I mean, if you're feeling alone and just like despondent, God is like, man, I am, I'm waiting to show you how present I can be in your life. Last point. So, we talked about the transformation, the last part of this season is to beware of the praise of men. Beware the praise of men. Now, let me clarify something. There is nothing intrinsically wrong or sinful about the praise of men. It's not that it's a wrong thing, but you still need to be careful for a couple different reasons. I mean, Proverbs 27, two says, let another praise you and not your own mouth. So it even affirms the fact that it is, it's not wrong for people to speak well of you. The Proverbs 31 woman, as we, she's become known, you know, it says her husband praises her. You know, he lauds over her. And so it's not that the praise from others is a bad thing, but you still have to beware of it because it can get you into trouble. Not only that, if you haven't learned some of these other lessons, it could get you unsettled and forget who you are. But in David's case, it just got him in trouble. That wasn't his fault. But look at this. Let's go back to 1 Samuel. We're going to finally get to chapter 18. We've been in chapter 17 the whole time. We get to turn the page. 1 Samuel chapter 18, look at verse 6. It happened as they were coming, when David returned from killing the Philistine, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul. They came singing and dancing to meet King 
Saul because he was the king. With tambourines, with joy, with musical instruments, the women sang as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands. Saul was like, yeah. And David his ten thousands. And the Bible says that Saul became very angry. For this saying displeased him, I'm sure it did. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, but to me they have ascribed thousands. Now what more can, we, can he have but the kingdom? Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on. Now that he realized who he was, he had been in his house this whole time. It says he looked at him with suspicion from that day on. Now here's the thing, you gotta understand, and the sooner you learn this, the more peace you will have in your walk with the Lord. Not everyone's gonna celebrate your success. They're just not going to. They'll think it's something behind it. You did something, you knew somebody. They don't always see just, man, the hand of God has turned the tide. The hand, wow, the hand of God has turned the tide in your life. Praise God. That's what we, we would want our brothers and sisters to say, but it doesn't always happen that way. But you've got to not let that slow you down. You really can't. And I'm telling you, the sooner you learn it, the better things go. Because often, and it's a human thing to want people to celebrate with you, but it's not always going to happen. And the thing is, it's not necessarily because of you. It's because of something that's broken in them. We already learned Saul was broken. Broke. I mean, he was, I mean, the Bible tells us, he said, from that moment, the spirit of God was lifted off of him. He had nothing to keep him together. God's presence had left him. God's anointing had left him. He had no choice but to be messed up. Don't expect people who are not walking in alignment with who God has called them to be in their life celebrate when they see you walking in alignment with what God has called you to do in your life. It's impossible because they're out of alignment. And crooked likes crooked. And when they're confused, they don't want to see you walking in, the, in that path, but you can't let that unsettle you. And this is the thing that I love that about this though. It says, Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on, because he said, he's going to take the kingdom from me. But here's the thing, David couldn't take the kingdom from him. Saul gave away the kingdom in his disobedience. He had given it away. God, David didn't want it. David didn't take it. God gave it to him. Simply put. And you know what the reassuring point is that? You need to be settled in God's calling upon your life. It was David's calling and anointing to be the next king. So Saul could stare him down with the evil eye all he wanted to. <laughs> Guess what? He was still going to be the next king. He was still getting ready to take the kingdom. Him looking at him, throwing spears at his head. Y'all going to see that? Name? He threw spears at his head. I mean, he did all sorts of stuff. David was like, whoa. And he went back to playing the song. He's like, I'm still going to be faithful, man. <laughs> Like, this dude is crazy, but you know, I'm here to play the harp. But he was so was like seriously about like to get him. But that just shows what God has for you is for you. Can't nobody tell if God has said it, 
They can try it, they can shoot arrows, they can shoot bad words, they can accuse you of wrongdoing, they can do all of that. But God said, if I have put this on you and I've anointed you, then you go forth and don't worry about the people. Just duck when you need to duck. You may have to duck, and he did. He ducked a lot. One time he was running, one time he pretended to be, he did a whole bunch of stuff. But he still got that throne. It didn't happen overnight. Do you understand me? Remember, I know it's only four pages in your Bible, but it didn't happen overnight. He fought for that throne for a long time. And then when he finally sat, he was only in Judah. Years would go by before he sat and rode all of Israel. But it was still his. I know it's been a while, it's still yours. I don't care what arrows have been thrown, who's trying, it's still yours. So just be settled. Just be settled. It's okay. Just be settled in God's calling in your life. We learn a lot in this season of early promotion. The last scripture I'm going to read comes from 1 Corinthians 2.9. And I pray it just encourage, encourages you whatever season you're. Maybe you're still in the Bethlehem season. Faithfulness in small things. Maybe you're in this season of Gibeah, this, this early promotion and things need to be going well, but, but God is testing your character in this season. Or maybe you're already in the cave of difficulty. But the reality is this. Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him? Then the Bible says, things which eye has not seen. You haven't seen it yet. Ear has not heard. And as big as your dreams are, it hasn't even entered the heart of man. He said, you think your dreams are big? The dreams I have, the plans I have, you can't even conceive of them. That even, it's not even there. You can't, can't even conceive for those who love me. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to Pastor's Class. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more messages and Bible study teachings, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. If you live in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, come visit us at our home location, 5340 Baltimore Avenue, Hyattsville, Maryland, 20781. Pastors Class is a weekly Bible study that occurs Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at our home location. We would love for you to join us. May God bless you and guide you as you continue to study to show thyself approved in the grace of Christ Jesus.